I just want to know on your journey, have you ever bombed so hard that you went home and you thought about dying? Yeah, many times actually. Um... Today on the show, we are joined with director Rachel Lambert and actor slash comedian Dave Merhage. And we are talking about their latest film titled, Sometimes I Think About Dying. As of this week, Sometimes I Think About Dying is playing all across North America in select theaters. I've noticed it's almost in all the major cities. I personally thought this was a beautiful film that projected just such a realistic tone of people and life and working a day-to-day Monday job, anxieties, etc., etc. And we pick Rachel's brain about how she created that tone and learn about her heart and soul that went into this movie. And around that, we talked to Dave about the differences of performing on screen as an actor to what I usually see him do in stand-up comedy. Lots of in-depth, behind-the-scenes look into this film. And also our interview ends with a very hilarious story from Dave about bombing on stage. And yeah, let's just get right into it. Love the tone of this movie. It just felt so real and almost refreshing to like a lot of stuff that's been put out these days. You know, like lots of people are trying to make these fabricated perfect worlds. And I just found like so much beauty and uncomfort in how real <laughs> this uh, this film was. And I feel like a lot of it uh, kind of goes to casting the right crew as well in, um, in um, people and everything like that. And Rachel, I kind of want to like pick your brain a bit on like maybe the the process of finding the right fit to create like just this world that uh, that just felt real. Well, I mean, some of that is just taste and some of that is just um, sixth sense for for the kind of, you know, it's it, it, you can never really know what attracts you to different people, right? Um, on any level, it's it's a sort of a sensibility that you can sense. Um, so that's, that's some of it, you know, is going off that gut instinct and, and sort of noting, noticing whether your, your instincts match with people. Um, and certainly because I knew this film really relied on everyone in any room to be, to find the same things funny that I find funny at some level, to be guided by a similar principle of humor, and also to be guided by similar principles of like play or sentiment, like for it all kind of to live in that same instinct pool. Uh, so that way I could let people go. And I, I, I like to follow other people's instincts and then sort of curate and shape from there. So a lot of it is sensing, okay, does this person share those same sensibilities enough where, where it'll be a good match? And you can definitely sense that in lots of different ways. I mean, each casting piece is sort of follows its own narrative, but usually you begin with who's going to be your, your main brain, your main uh, interpreter, your partner. And Daisy then, of course, was our first um, casting. And because that from there, it sort of, you shape the the puzzle from there down. And then next, I believe, was Dave. And we just kind of kept building from there. And I do like to take it. And Alex, I think my producer is very similar in that we like to kind of start with who's the main figure and then where, then the second and then kind of build a sculpture and pieces like that and not get 
too wholesale right away to try to follow the lead of how each piece is coming together. And then before you know it, you're like, okay, now we can start filling out, you know, the next round and the next, and then, and then you start to feel more confident, like, okay, I feel like I know what this organism is. So by the time you get to like the fourth or fifth round of filling in your team, you, you really have instincts going, you really have a sense of it that will match. Yeah, that's awesome. And one thing I really enjoyed about the movie is just kind of that office dynamic, you know, like <laughs> you see like a lot of like Hollywood films and everybody's saying this, the perfect thing at the right time. And it's just, it's so fucking fake. And one thing like, yeah, <laughs> I just love just the quirkiness of everybody. And like, even yeah. just saying like awkward nonsense in the dime, that's a real work environment right there. And it's a real uh, human environment. I mean, I've I don't I I can't speak to how other people work, but I guess if I were to guess, all I know is that for us, we just got really interested in other people and what they're doing and what they're coming up with and what they're stumbling over as they try to talk. Like to find other people interesting, to genuinely find their behavior interesting, as opposed to, hey, I wrote this really great line. Can you say it? So then it actually becomes my moment. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's not my moment it's theirs and you have to genuinely care about like oh do you see how sean just looked at parv that's great mm -hmm. like i care more about that than well i didn't tell parv i didn't tell him to look at parv like that so it's not my idea so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it yeah <laughs> you <sure>. know <laughs> i think yeah. that some of that comes into play as to like why it might go again i can only say what works for me but what worked for me was and what often works for me is just really caring more about their choices than mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to say uh, to, to Dave, I'm very familiar with your comedy. We're Facebook friends. Oh, I know. I, that's what I was going to tell you. I was like, I know you. Yeah. Yeah. You were like one degree separation. Like I yeah, met we, you like a decade ago. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, what I was like. I was like, wait, I know you, but it just, I'm like, I was letting you do your thing. I was not going to jump in and be like, yo, I know <laughs> Yeah, you didn't so want to blow your cover. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I just want to say, like, I've seen you like crush like big rooms and just bring like this high uh, energy and stuff. And I kind of want to know about like acting in this role. Um, did you have moments like where at the funny parts you had to like kind of uh, train yourself to dial back from like your normal type of delivery, or was this something that was natural to you? No, no, I had to like be aware of it as well, because like if I get riled up, you know how, you know, you've, if you, yeah, you see me perform. So it's like, but it's like a different, you know what I'm saying? Like with stand up, it's like you're by yourself. You've had this, you've created these jokes or these ideas. There's no, you don't have a team and you're just like, I'm going to go. And then you, the, what you, what you get from the crowd. Right. But with this, like with a acting or even just this movie, it's like you have to, I have to pick my moments in a sense, like, you know, and, and it has to be true to that character, you know, that Robert, you know, and how he is as opposed to it, um, what I want in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you did such a great job because I've Thank seen you. you on stage and stuff. And then watching uh, you in this film, um, it definitely like, there was like a separation in my brain. I got lost in the film as not the Dave Merhage, the stand-up guy. Like it just turned into Robert, which was so cool. Yes, because yeah, you know, you probably see me screaming. Uh, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, when I saw your name on the poster, I expected that. I'm like, <laughs> so cool though. <laughs> Yeah. And um, even like one thing I was like thinking about this film too. Uh, what was cool, like in the movie, the characters went and watched the film. And 
at the beginning um like uh fran she was telling uh robert how she didn't like it and then later on after thinking about it um she ended up liking the film they saw and i wouldn't say like when i was done with this film i disliked it i really enjoyed it but i found myself like a day later just thinking about it and appreciating this film like even more and like just thinking about little layers and nuances. And was that like kind of like a conscious thing, Rachel, you thought like the audience was going to get out of this? No. Um, I think that, I think that that's tapping into my philosophies around art making, which is that art, good art exists in mystery uh, and the distance that lives between you know, fact and invention, the audience and the teller. Um, I think allowing there to subtext, not only in terms of dialogue subtext, but the subtext of an image, of a symbol, of a moment, to have the depth of th those ingredients um, in art is what allows it to have take up residence in the mind of the viewer. And that's true in any medium, I think. That's my philosophy. So it's encouraging to hear, and I and you're not the only one to have said that this is something that lingers and sort of grows and takes on more meaning and shape in, even after watching it, because that's it's not a conscious choice in that like, oh, I'm designing that process or I'm anticipating it and going, this choice will lead to that result. But it is a philosophy that I approach everything with, often the, to the consternation of some, because that means I resist exposition, I resist things that I think um, in, inhibit or interrupt that that process. Um, so that's, I guess, I, I hope that answers your question, but that that's my relationship to that. Yeah, and I think it's so cool, uh, especially like I mentioned at the beginning, like just how different this film is. And I think people who are like, almost train their brain to a custom of what Hollywood is feeding them are going to almost like feel a shock watching it, you know, whether like they're going to love it or hate it. Like I have a feeling like it's going to be like a polarizing film, which is super cool and like fucking punk rock to make, you know, like even though it's like a relationship film, I, I that's just one thing I've really, really appreciated about it. Thank you. Punk rock is often the goal for me. Mm -hmm. Are we kidding. the Ramones? Are the are they were they punk rock? Yeah, they were punk. Yeah, dude. What? Yes. Were they cool? Were they like? Yeah, dude. Come on now. It's the Ramones. Shit. I just want to, just want to pick. <laughs> yeah. No, that's often the goal. That mentality, and you know, um, even if I've tried to be <laughs> more appealing, sort of like a non-punk. Even when I try to not do that, uh, I can't so it's just the way i make things <laughs> yeah yeah and like i uh walked away from this film taking it a certain way but is there like something you had in mind that you hope the audience would take from this film while making it yes um i wanted people to celebrate minutia to understand that you know, often we can only grade joy, happiness, communion with others through very sort of large um, events or signals that we belong or that we are happy. We wait for some grand um, experience. 
like Carol waiting for her uh, time with her husband and we can wait for that. But there is the there are these completely joyous details in a day that can bring us happiness, that can bring us connection that we often overlook. And um, that's where the majesty is. You know, that's that's where the, the minutes and the hours are filled. Um, and so I, I was hoping that by the end, people would feel invited to um, look their barista in the eye, get a donut at two o'clock in the afternoon if they want, you know, enjoy and be alive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very beautiful too. And even watching the film, it made me think about some people in my life uh, and myself at certain moments too. Like I felt like after it, I was like a little emotional, like uh, thinking of just like, people I've known who had like just some I guess just social barriers and shyness too and like the the movie almost made me like um realize there's other layers than what you see on the surface too um oh, yeah. from when they go home and like reasons and backstory of why they're like that and uh I thought that was just... <laughs> we took the cast and we talked I don't remember Dave but like, I, I feel like we had a conversation around the table with everybody, we got really on board with that idea of public versus private. And that kind of became a mode, a modality we could dial into. And, and there'd be even times where like, I remember Parb asking me one day, is this a public or private beat for Garrett? Do you think, you know, like mm -hmm. it became a shorthand of how to, how to slip that idea in, even with sort of these minor key moments in the film. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess as like a final question, uh, this is for you, Dave. Uh, I know every great comedian, like in their life, they face adversity and humility. And I just want to know on your journey, have you ever bombed so hard that you went home and you thought about dying? Yeah, many times, actually. Um, there was this one. I didn't think about dying after. I just thought it was really, really funny, I guess, because I've bombed uh, many times over my over stand-up is that it was in thunder bay i think and the guy goes um so i had i was bombing i had picked somebody in the audience to riff with and we've been it was like a french guy and we've been riffing and then at some point i'm like um a, a woman came up from the audience to try to like she was heck like heckling i think and then me and this guy i go to this guy hey go bro you gotta stop we gotta stop doing this we're not, we both are bombing. This is not good. And this is like 35 minutes in out of a 45 minute set. And this man sitting with his friend just yells out for the love of God, please, please tell a joke. But he, oh, no. he kept repeating it for three minutes, like screaming for the love of God. Oh, God. And his friend got up and left. And then that woman came up and hugged, tried hugging me. And then I just went to him. I go, I understand. Um, and I did a joke for him and it bombed um, very bad. Uh, and then the booker, I remember in the green room, came around from behind and hugged me. Oh, man. <laughs> Back hug. I think yeah. she said, you're brave. I don't even know what it was. But I remember yeah. being like, I mean, yeah, I was like, that is that. But there's something really refreshing about bombing. And being able to like bounce back or sit in it. And it just took many years to kind of uh, embrace it. So, yeah, I feel like sometimes the best lesson is a good mistake too. Like, uh, exactly. and especially like in comedy, it's just like all trial and error to get yeah. to the level you're at and everything. And but, owning uh, it. 
Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But again, I want to just like say, I appreciate you guys uh, talking to me today again. Like I felt like this movie was like very special and uh, again, like kudos for putting this together and uh, just giving me an experience, uh, just a brand new experience. You know, like I keep mentioning, like a lot of movies are the same these days and it was just very refreshing to see something different and feel something on along the way as well. So uh, much love to you guys and thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that it, that it had that effect. Hope you enjoyed this talk with Rachel and Dave as much as I did. Like I mentioned in the intro, sometimes I think about dying. As of this week, we'll be playing right across North America in select theaters. Looked at the dates, a lot of the major cities. So check it out wherever it's playing near you. And again, it's been a week since I recorded this conversation and watched this movie. And like I mentioned in the interview, I'm still thinking about it. It's kind of lingering with me. And uh, yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, again, like making me think of some people in my life, thinking my own journeys, anxieties, why we act certain ways, mistakes you made, things you overcome by just facing them and opening up to people. And yeah, definitely check this out. I don't want to spoil anything in the movie, but uh, that lingering feeling is fucking cool. And speaking of people who are fucking cool, I can't leave without thanking all you awesome folks on our Patreon page. First up, biggest thanks to Mike Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube page. I just noticed Mike dropped a new video this week, and if you're into technology, how it works, and most importantly, how to fix it check out testing with mike on youtube another grand thanks to amanda mcknight of top 10 nerd beyond being the host of top 10 nerd and talking to millions of subscribers i really want to entice you to check out amanda's personal youtube page that you can find by typing in amanda mcknight or at vampx13 amazing content with amazing vibes to match it and it's truly there for all our people who love comic books video games movies and all things nerdy that's amanda mcknight slash vamp x13 on youtube another thanks to the wonderful jenny potter the legend devin mcbride our favorite soul singer saber and last but not least francis coffer aka my mom if you want to thank you at the end of every episode and also get these episodes early raw uncut unedited right when i'm done the zoom call i just post it you can go to patreon.com slash the creative imbalance it's only four dollars a month and beyond having my thanks you can just go to bed at night and sleep soundly knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw, uncut, independent media. And nothing can take that away from you. You hear me? And with that being said, we got a lot more coming your way in the next couple weeks. I got about four interviews in the chamber I need to edit. Another recording tomorrow. Next Sunday, the momentum is strong. And I thank you for being on this ride. And we'll catch you next time. Cheers!